There's a new virus in the database. We have a zero bug attacking all login and all the way files. Run antivirus. Give me a systems display. Welcome to our first episode of Season 2 of The Rising Cyber. In this season, we have interviewed with some of the best cybersecurity professionals in the industry and will continue to do so. In my first episode for this season, I wanted to set the stage and start with one of the biggest threats that many organizations face and a major drive for many in building their SOC teams or even invest in any cybersecurity resources. We're talking about ransomware. We are not going to make this episode about numbers and statistics and make it more about countermeasures and prevention methodologies against these types of attacks. As the idea of making this episode for people to get value and learn new ideas and make it beneficial and worth their time. Need to remind you that there are no silver bullets or magical pills, at least not in cybersecurity. What is secure today won't be the case tomorrow. Cybersecurity is a fast-moving train and its innovation, technologies, and adversaries combined. Having an immutable backup, which is a backup copy of your data that cannot be altered, deleted, or changed in any way, even by system administrators, or the users, applications, or systems that create the data is very important but not enough. Most ransomware attacks aims at performing data encryption and data exfiltration with triple extortion. Would the malicious actors seek money not only from the organization they ransom but also from anyone who might be impacted by the disclosure of this data? For example, the organization's clients. A typical ransomware attack patterns measured by MITRE TTPs would be initial access, credential theft, lateral movement, persistence, payload. I'll provide a practical example later. Exploiting vulnerabilities are not only used for initial access in a ransomware, but also used to do lateral movement, such as the print nightmare vulnerability, for example. CISA is doing a great job in keeping track and pushing early advisories on major vulnerabilities. Phishing emails are usually delivered in short campaigns. Akamai observed more than 2,000 million unique domain associated with malicious activities. Of those, close to 90% had a lifespan of fewer than 24 hours. Therefore, this makes it extremely difficult to block using DNS protection services. So one of the mitigation strategies is to block domains that are less than a week old by default. This will filter away many unwanted phishing URLs. Let's take a closer look using a practical example now, something like Diavol ransomware. Diavol is type of ransomware that was presumably used by a group called Wizard Spider. It was or it used a bizarre loader which was a known malware to steal information and for the malware payload. 
The initial payload was delivered to an endpoint via a phishing attack which includes a link to a OneDrive URL that would have bypassed most firewalls. Then the user is instructed to download a zip file that contains an ISO file. When the user mount the ISO file, it will mount a link and DLL file. Once the user executes the link file, the bizarre loader infection is initiated. The bizarre loader starts by uh, internal reconnaissance of the Windows environment using scripts and commands such as netgroup and nltest. After performing reconnaissance, bizarre loader downloads a set of DLL files using background intelligent transfer service bits, which contains Cobalt Strike and begins to communicate with the attacker Cobalt Strike C2 server. Then from the compromised machine, they usually run the second stage of scripts using tools such as ADFine and then dump local credentials using a bad script. The attacker also tend to use uh, tools such as Robusto to perform a Kerberost, which is used to harvest credentials such as a ticket granting server TGS tickets in the domain. Once they perform data exfiltration, the final payload is usually done via an RDP with scripts to trigger the encryption process. Other ransomware groups use similar techniques like Revil, Black Cat or Clopleaks. Some of their most favorite tools are Sharpview, Netscan, Bloodhound, Mimikatz, Seedbelt or Invoke SMB Autobrute. There are many platforms and ways to get insights or some insight on the emerging ransomware groups like VX Underground. Most ransomware attacks are avoidable. The Colonial Pipeline ransomware attack in 2021, which took down the largest fuel pipeline in the US across the East Coast, was the result of a single compromised username and password that was not MFA enabled. This account was supposedly no longer in use, but the password was found on the dark web. From a Microsoft security architecture perspective on ransomware countermeasures, would be exactly how to reduce the risks of ransomware on some of the main attack vectors, namely endpoints, identity, email services, network attacks, you name it. Using a combination of Microsoft 365 Defender solutions to get a true XDR, Extended Detection and Response. These solutions are MS Defender for Cloud Apps, MS Defender for Endpoint, Defender for Identity, MS Defender for Office 365, Microsoft Defender for Cloud, all orchestrated and automated by Microsoft Sentinel. For now, we'll cover the following. Securing Windows endpoints using Microsoft Intune and Microsoft Entra, aka Asia AD. Following attack service reduction rules and protecting the browser using mechanisms such as Smart Screen. Securing users' identities in Microsoft Entra and SaaS services. Enhancing email security and reducing the risk of phishing attacks. So we have a lot of ground to cover.
One of the key tools that we can use in attack service reduction, ASR, uh, which targets software behaviors that are often abused by attackers, such as launching executable files and scripts that attempt to download or run files, or abnormal apps behavior that they don't usually initiate. The development of ASR rules can be done using Endpoint Manager, Group Policy or PowerShell and requires enterprise licenses for Windows. ASR rules are configured in the Endpoint Manager portal, which can be found at endpoint.microsoft.com, then under Endpoint Security, select Attack Service Reduction and make your selections. As easy as that. When it comes to the configuration and management of Microsoft Defender antivirus, this is also done via group policy or using Microsoft Endpoint Manager. And we'll see how much Microsoft Endpoint Manager and Intune are very uh, important for our work, which is similar as well to the ASR rules when you do these configurations. While there are a lot of settings we can configure, I recommend using much of the same blueprints as detailed in desktop.gov.au slash blueprint by the Australian Government Digital Transformation Agency. Really good uh, blueprints there to use from. Microsoft has other features available that can help us mitigate attacks such as credential dumping and the ability to restrict applications and processes from running directly on the underlying OS. Microsoft Defender Application Guard, this feature allows us to open untrusted files within Microsoft Office or untrusted sites within Microsoft Edge in an isolated Hyper-V container. This container is separated from the host OS, which means that processes within the container cannot directly affect the operating system. Microsoft Defender Credential Guard. This feature ensures the, that the local security authority LSA, also known as the local user database, which is protected by virtualization-based security. This means that the LSA database is not directly accessible by the rest of the operating system. Now we have Microsoft Defender Application Control or AppLock Locker, restricting non-approved executables to run on end-user machines. Microsoft recently introduced a new feature as well called Smart App Control, which uh, or where you can leave the responsibility with Microsoft. These features are managed from, as well, the Endpoint Manager, while Credential Guard is a simple switch to enable. Uh, Application Guard has slightly more configuration and options and require, as well, Microsoft 365 E5 license. Another critical aspect is ensuring that endpoints are updated on time. Microsoft has announced a feature called AutoPatch, which will make everyone's life easier and should assist greatly in the patching cycles. Update rings can be created as well in the Endpoint Manager portal devices, and then you go to Update Rings to Windows 10 and later, and you can set your settings there. If you have Microsoft 365 E5 license and you have the Microsoft Defender for Endpoint enabled, for all your endpoints, you can also view and discover vulnerabilities via the vulnerability management feature. Very, very handy solution there. 
the most common application used these days is the web browser, which makes it a main attack vector. While most modern web browsers have an elevated level of security, there are some challenges related to vulnerability. For both Google Chrome and Microsoft Edge, we can manage both extensions and update mechanisms through centralized management tools such as Intune or Group Policy. Both Microsoft and Google have their own ADMX files that can be used to manage the browser using AD uh, with group policy. You can create uh, that at the endpoint manager, portal, uh, you go to device, configuration profile, configuration or create a profile and under the profile type use a template and you can create a template to control the update cycles and enforce most important uh, the browser restart. In addition to defining update features, there are also other settings that you can configure like configuring Microsoft Defender smart screen, uh, PUA, potential, potentially unwanted applications blocking with Microsoft Defender smart screen, blocking external extensions from being installed, controlling which extensions cannot be installed, etc. Very uh, handy features to, to, to go through and work on. Now we'll talk about the DNS security. Uh, on a monthly basis, there are over 200,000 new domain registered NDRs. Palo Alto identifies that the majority of these domains are used for suspicious or malicious intent. There are two good options to choose from when it comes to DNS filtering capabilities, OpenDNS or Cloudflare. So you can do now or go change your DNS on your machine now using the 4.1's DNS uh, resolver. Many ransomware attacks also leverage PowerShell to download additional payloads as well as uh, commands such as invoke web request. The configuration of PowerShell logging can either be done using uh, group policy or using Microsoft Intune. It should be noted that enabling only signed scripts in your environment can result in many components to stop working since not all vendors are signing their PowerShell modules. So understand your environment requirements well before any of these major changes. The SMB protocol uh, has also been used in ransomware attacks where they have leveraged vulnerabilities in all the version of the protocol to gain access. This especially applies to SMB version 1, which Microsoft wanted to remove completely, but in Windows 11 and from Windows 10 version 17 or 9, uh, it, is, uh, it has been disabled by default, which is excellent. LOLBINS or LOLBAS uh, is the abbreviation for living off the land binaries and scripts which are binaries of a non-malicious nature and local to the operating system. Often these might be Microsoft signed binaries such as cert, util or features such as WMIC, which can be used for a wide range of attacks. Enrich your event collection by using Sysmon from Microsoft uh, Sys internals 
add them to your centralized logging solutions or seams such as Sentinel where you can even use cost to queries to look for low bands uh, or low baths in your environment and make it easier to threat hunt if there's any uh, uh, malicious uh, intent of using these binaries in your uh, environment. Securing users' identities, we have all we also need to have safeguards in place to ensure that our accounts uh, or credentials are not used by attackers to laterally move in the network. Microsoft has stated that 99.9% of all identity-based attacks would have been averted if the company had implemented two-factor authentication MFA. That would be achievable by using conditional access rules that will require all users to log in using MFA to Office 365. It should be noted that conditional access requires a P1 license. Log into the Azure portal, go to the Azure Active Directory, Security tab, uh, click there and then select conditional access. As easy as that, Microsoft has now included predefined templates uh, that we can use to configure MFA more easily. And as of uh, February 2022, Microsoft started enforcing number matching on Azure MFA to reduce the amount of MFA fatigue attacks. Um, if an attacker managed to compromise an endpoint that is already connected to an Active Directory, they can use that to access file shares without requiring any MFA. So ensure there is no direct internet access for your domain controllers. Ensure that non-critical services are disabled by default. Disable RDP access to domain controllers from uncontrolled systems. Uh, for Azure environment, only use uh, Azure Bastion. Implement Microsoft Defender for Identity, which will provide the ability to detect attacks such as um, golden ticket, silver ticket, pass the hash, pass the ticket, and cable roasting. Excellent uh, feature to have and to include in your environment. Now we'll go to one of the biggest service attack, which is emails. Securing email services, uh, what is called the adversary in the middle phishing attacks is a method used by attackers to gain unauthorized access to a user account by intercepting their login sessions capturing their passwords and their session cookies and impersonating the users once the attacker has obtained the user credentials they can access the user mailbox and launch a business email compromise back attack against other targets. Tools uh, like Evil Jinx could be used for that. Microsoft Defender for Office 365 can detect suspicious activities associated with phishing attacks and their subsequent actions, such as session cookie theft and attempts to exchange or access exchange online using stolen cookies. Also implement conditional access policy to enforce MFA. Microsoft Defender for Office 365 include many useful features such as safe attachments, which could be used as well for the Exchange, SharePoint, OneDrive, Teams, safe links, anti-phishing protection, anti-spoofing protection, 
and what is called zero hour auto purge zap which allows you to retroactively detect and neutralize uh, malicious phishing spams that has been already delivered to exchange online users most of these features would require as well office e5 license there are other countermeasures uh, that we can talk about but one in in precise which is by default microsoft teams allows for an open federation which allows other organization to send direct instant messages to another user and you can as well imagine how that could be abused in sending malicious links disable external federation in microsoft teams and allow only specific external domains people you work with companies that you have relations with this is something that could be done within the teams admin center as a sharepoint uh, admin as well you can also define synchronization policies to define what kind of file attachment users are allowed to synchronize or even not synchronize it should be noted that features such as safe links and safe attachments provide security mechanism for emails teams and sharepoint they can still be easily bypassed as well as we are seeing still uh, from the emerging attacks and uh, threat landscape obviously there are many other features and technologies that we can discuss uh, but we cannot you know and maybe we'll talk about it uh, in in other episodes like Azure site recovery Azure SQL and Cosmos database data security capabilities um, Azure key vault for separation of duties uh, enabling soft delete functionality Azure front door with WAF uh, or implementing a zero trust architect uh, with all its principles as I said, there are no silver bullets when it comes to defending your digital environment. And uh, we are in a fast moving landscape. Attend to the basics and slowly and organically build your organization's immune system to defend itself. That will be all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening as always and have a great day. Thank you. Rising Cyber by Chad Sally B.